Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit CARON.org slash lost. Why pick one city, one beach, one restaurant, or even one view? With Celebrity Cruises, you can have it all. Explore the best of Europe, the Caribbean, and Alaska with the best premium cruise line. And now get 75% off your second guest, plus bonus savings on select dates with Celebrity Cruises' semi-annual sale. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Offer applies to non-refundable fares and select sailing. Savings vary by stateroom category. Other terms apply. Visit Celebrity.com for details. Ships Registry Malta. is a special episode, and I don't mean to disparage anyone else that's ever been on this podcast, but this is probably the most important episode we're going to do. No pressure, Peter. <laughs> With me today is Peter Kareva, and you're like, who's that? Dating expert? Fashion guru? So much better. He is the Institute Director and Pritzker Distinguished Professor in Environment and Sustainability Institute of the Environment and Sustainability. I definitely read that weird. That's that's definitely. That I, I abbreviate it myself. I just call it Institute of Environment. It's good. You're the head of it at UCLA, yeah. which is the school that a lot of us applied to, could not get into. Peter Caraver is the director of the Institute of the Environment and Sustainability at UCLA, as well as the Pritzker Distinguished Professor in Environment and Sustainability. Before coming to UCLA, he was the chief scientist and vice president of the Nature Conservancy, where he was responsible for maintaining the quality of over 600 staff engaged in conservation science. That's what you guys want to know about in 36 countries around the world. He studied political sciences and duology at Duke, zoology at Duke for his bachelor's degree. This is a real degree, folks, not like some Bahamian medical degree. Uh, and he also has a bachelor's degree in ecology. And this is a, such an impressive resume. I guess you guys can Google the rest of it. But the point is, his current research concerns the connection between humans and nature and the varied ways people of different cultures value nature as well as the inequities in access to nature and decent environments. He's very interested in the mix of individual behavior, corporate practices, and government regulations or incentives that will be most successful in conservation. Meaning he's got the answer to all of your environmental questions. And Peter, I have been really into the environment lately. That sounds like such a dumb sentence. And my followers were really into it. A lot of people have a lot of questions because we're all terrified and we don't know anything. Well, I don't think you should be quite that terrified. But ah, let's hear them. Good. All right, we're <laughs> going to kick it off. Because you're the go-to guy, and uh, hopefully you can shed some light and bring us into the light out of the dark on a lot of the stuff. Because I think some of us feel like we there's nothing we can do, and everything we do is useless. Um, Mom Lessie, what would you say is the biggest thing any one person can do for the environment? It seems so overwhelming. Also, favorite environmentally friendly water bottle? Wow, I don't have a 
favorite environmentally friendly water bottle, I'm sorry to say. Uh, like a reusable one, like a swell? Uh, I mean, I, I just refill plastic bottles. There you go. <laughs> right? Cheaper. It's Easier. cheaper. If I lose them, no problem. If you lose it, it goes into the earth, though. Well, plastic is a problem. We'll get to that yeah. in, in some sort of depth. But, you know, that question, this is going to be annoying. I'm going to sound like an annoying nerd. Um, you know, people always ask, what is the one thing they can do? Or I get this. It's, it's like anybody who speaks on the environment or conservation of the public, you get that question. Mm-hmm. To raise their hand, what, what, should, what should I do? I think it's kind of framed. There's so many things you could do. Sure. That I would say find what area or sector. So if you're a businessman, mm-hmm. what could you do? If you're a businessman, give your employees flex time four days a week. That one day you don't commute okay. is going to unclog the roads and save so much emissions. If you're into politics, obviously advocate for the politicians that are going to do something about it. You know, if you're uh, an artist or in the entertainment, make people aware, but don't make them despair. Right. Don't and be then, so aggressive about it that, that they get turned off. Don't wag your finger at them and scold them in a preachy, preachy oh, sort of way. It's my way. And, and, and so the first thing you do is you, is you sort of say, where am I? And even if you're you, – you so you, – and it matters how much money you have. You know, if, if you don't have much money, you can't go out and buy the most sustainable stuff. You just, you just can't afford it. It's so expensive. Yeah. So then you have to think about ways of just making what you have last longer. Because mm-hmm. just by extending the life of something – let's think about that. If you extend the life of something – that you normally throw away after one year or you extend it for two years, you've just cut your impact in half. Yeah. Even as small as adding water to soap. Yep. Yep. Because soap is way so concentrated, you always overuse it. You don't need that much. So so it's just, you know, where are you? What kind of job do you have? And then answer it from your position. You have to do a little bit of research because even the business thing, I was like, what's a business person going to do? Yeah. Giving people that time off, walking more. Carpooling more. I know it's dorky, but carpooling more. People say, Chandler Ross, 724, I feel as if cutting down, eliminating plastic usage is so talked about, which is great, but what are other actions we can take to help out the environment in other ways? Because I think this is a big thing. I think the layperson, forget your job, wants to know, and there's so many things that we're doing that are wrong that we don't realize. Like, what are some other, on a, a micro level, things we can do? You know, one of the biggest things that doesn't get talked about a lot is one of the biggest sources of pollution that is um, the personal care products. Okay. You know, like um, sunscreen. Okay. Um, all the pharmaceuticals that you might take. Uh, would be another one. Antibiotics that you take, you dump those things down the toilet or they don't get treated, they're en- en- ending up in our ocean and our water. And, I mean, literally, you have like jittery fish from caffeine. Wow. And, and, and we don't – it used to be thought, you know, when I was growing up, it was all about pesticides mm-hmm. on farms. And I think you're still taught that in school, you know, pesticides, pesticides on farms. We've done a lot to deal with that. And – and there's a really neat study that was done. One of the easiest things you can do to see a, how screwed up the environment is is go sample frogs. Because when frogs get hit with chemicals, toxins, they get deformed legs 
and they become her, hermaphrodites. They are both male and female. Mm-hmm. Really easy to see that. You don't have to, you know, do chemical tests. It used to be thought that all the deformed frogs were out in agricultural fields, and there are some. But a couple years ago, somebody did a study and looked at the frequency of deformed frogs in agriculture, in nice forests where there's not many people, and then in, around urban environments. And it's 20 times higher around urban environments. Uh-huh. And much lower in agricultural fields. So what's the point? So the point there is that our modern-day equivalent of pesticides is all the household products and personal products we use and that we dump. So you're saying well, you, if you're done with it, what do you do? Well, I mean, it's, there, there's, you, you can, um, in some places, you can take them to, to um, you know, like chemical recycle places. But the other thing that you can do is, is at a city level, first of all, don't waste them. So maybe don't dump them. Take them back to the, to the doctor. I mean, just don't waste. And the second, the second thing is pay attention to your city sewage. A lot of those products can get treated in sewage, ex, your sewage treatment plant. But here in L.A., when it rains, sewage treatment is bypassed because mm-hmm. you can't handle it. So that means that every city should be – New York City, it happens all the time. Every city should be really concerned – with what happens when it rains and to make sure that the rainwater is not mixed with your sewage because if it is, it overwhelms the sewage plant and your sewage gets dumped in the environment. But I think people want to know at a granular level, you know, like I don't, I don't, I guess I go to the water plant and I pick it or I, let's say we have someone in power, an office that doesn't care, you know, so I think people want to know, like I'm just a regular person. Well, you know, the sad thing is (laughs) it's, um, we don't have that good information. You right. said it, we, I, there, I wish I could tell you there was a website you could go to. You'll get conflicting information about mm. almost everything. Everything from being a vegan to eating beef to eating chicken. You can you can frame it either way. And the biggest thing you could do is use less and waste less with certainty. With certainty, wasting less. Is something you could do. Food. How much food do you throw? Do you throw away? Right. I mean, we throw away. You know, forty percent of the food goes as waste. And if you have a yard, you can have a compost. That's right. I don't have a yard. It's really hard to do. And then you can turn that into fertilizer, and you could plant some flowers. But but all the other things that I think people are looking for is as consumers, which product do I pick? And that's very very hard to answer. It's hard to answer because it's almost like when you buy something, you have to ask yourself, what part of the environment do I want to kill today? Yeah, I mean, uh, and plastic is a good example. Yeah. So you might go out and buy um, biodegradable plastic bikes, Mm -hmm. right? That makes good sense. Yeah. Because, you know, you probably heard that plastic gets in the ocean and it's killing animals. You know, they choke on them. Mm -hmm. It gets in their guts. And therefore, let's get biodegradable plastic. But? But it has much more emissions. Uh, greenhouse gas emissions, mm-hmm. and it ends up in your landfills, and then it releases methane when it decomposes. So, so if you care about choking birds and marine mammals, yeah, biodegradable plastics. But if your re- your biggest worry is greenhouse gas emissions, right? Then, then 
you wouldn't do biodegradable plastics. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Here's a fun exercise. What would you do if you had an extra hour in your day? I bet you nobody would say, um, I'd spend it thinking about things I can't change. I'd spend it having crippling anxiety. No, you'd say like, I'd go for a run or I'd spend time with my hobby or I'd pet my dog's tongue. A lot of us spend our times wishing we had more time. And the question is, what do you want to make more time for? I bet the answer for a lot of people is your friends, your family, relaxing. Well, therapy can help you clear some space mentally so you can find out what matters to you so you can do more of it. Think about therapy like housekeeping for your brain. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You go to betterhelp.com. And you fill out a brief questionnaire and you can get matched with a licensed therapist. No more driving across town. No more stressing out. BetterHelp makes it easy for you to get the therapy that you would like. Learn how to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Eliza. There are a lot of people who speak Spanish in my life and they're teaching my daughter Spanish. And quite frankly, I want to keep up. Yes, I took Spanish in school, but I want my Spanish to get better. I don't want it to just be bueno. I want it to be muy bueno. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. Choose from one of 25 languages like Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, and Polish. Fast track your language acquisition with immersive lessons designed to teach you to pick up languages in a natural way. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. So you sound like a local, not an Android. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Rosetta Stone is convenient and can be used on desktop or as an app with audio companion and ability to download lessons offline. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. There was definitely a time where my closet was crammed to the gills with every skort, gaucho pant, crop top I'd worn for the last 20 years. And there comes a time in every adult woman's life where you realize you want less clothing at higher quality. And a great way to do that without breaking the bank is upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have a wardrobe of simplistic pared down items, but I like to keep it stocked with key luxury essentials that I know I'll wear time and time again, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50. I'm a big fan of their washable stretch silk palazzo pants. I don't have time to be caring for silk like I do my children, so it's nice that I can just wash it, and it's a versatile pair of pants that I can wear out for an evening or just out with friends. The best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Eliza. It's funny you bring that up. Rando Journo asked, what are some scams that pretend to be good for the environment but aren't? I've often wondered this because if you look at the language on something, anything you buy, it'll say whatever it isn't. It doesn't tell you what it is. So it'll be like, just so you know, this chocolate is meat-free. You're like, yeah, it's chocolate. It should be meat-free. That's, that's like non-GMO. Right. <laughs> right. There's uh, tons of food products that are laying, labeled non-GMO. Well, there's no such thing as GMO for that food product. They're not. They haven't done anything. Right. Or my favorite is natural. Okay. All natural. It's like, what is that? So, yeah, what is that? So, like, think about 
So is, you know, the grapes you buy at the grocery store, are they natural? They don't have any seeds in them. They're way too sweet. Uh-huh. They've been so engineered by our breeders that they're nothing like wild grapes. Corn, you get a, you get a, like a, it says organic family raised corn. You think that's natural? Corn right. came from a Corn's weed. Corn's not natural, yeah. Yeah, it came from a weed. But also, like, look anything like it. So, plutonium's natural. Right. So that phrase, I, that really bugs me, the all-natural phrase. All-natural. Uh, I think a lot of times people, even, like, because it's, like, eco-friendly, so like we don't test on animals. It's like, but it comes in a plastic thing that you mm-hmm. can't, you know, biodegrade. So there's always, like, yeah, if it's, chances are, if it's good for you, it's not good for the environment. If it's good for the animals, it's probably bad for you. Like, there's... There's so much language. Yeah. I, I wish, you know, I mean, I think most of us have, you know, now we read like labels of food and calories. And you can pretty much trust that, mm-hmm. you know, calories. But other than that, I was very, I've, I've for years tried to get some philanthropists to fund an effort because I've done it with students. And, and it's just so hard to do to create exactly what you want. Wouldn't it be nice to be able to go to a web page, put in whatever product it was and say, what are its impacts? Mm-hmm. You can't do that. You can't do that. They don't want you, can, you to know. I don't know. It takes a lot of work. It takes – not only do they – you could find it out, but it would it would just take a lot of work and you'd have to commit to it. But I think that's something society should commit to. It probably do more than anything because you're right. Everybody wants – you know, pretty much – I don't meet anybody that wants to buy something that poisons the environment. Nobody goes to the store and say, ah. This looks great. A poison environment. Right. We all <laughs> try to and appear to our better angels. We all try to do better. But but and know. then I think we get so overwhelmed that you're like, fuck it. You know, and it's just so it's so much information and you always feel like you're fucked as people have asked. But you notice the food food labels have gotten better on the health side. On the Is health that, side. So for we, you yeah. yeah. And and we should have the same push on the environmental side. Absolutely. And then at the end of the day, you might just not be able to buy something because it's all really bad. Savvy J. Is it possible to undo the damage that we have done to the earth already with these sustainable measures that are now being put into place? I can't help but think we're putting a Band-Aid on a massive problem that we humans created and it seems impossible to reverse. Maybe it's just me having an existential crisis and thinking that my non-existent children, grandchildren will be living on a garbage rock. This is the second question everybody in my business gets when we speak. The first question is, what should I go out and buy? Yeah. And then the second question is what you just said, like, aren't we screwed no matter what? Uh, Katie mm. 525, KDK525 and Ace Money 1138 all were like straight up, are we fucked? Please right. help people. Right. So, so um, this is, I'll plug, I read your book. I'm going to apply some girl logic to oh this. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> worlds colliding. I right. love this. So, I'll get it wrong, right, probably, by interpretation <laughs> of girl logic. But you got to look at things from many different ways. So would it be, it's going to sound like heresy, but would it be that, how would you you feel if, yeah, we didn't do so well with greenhouse gas emissions, but, and we raced by, by 2050, two degrees warming, but a billion kids who don't have electricity have it, two billion who don't have fresh water, have it, mm-hmm. and a billion that are starving are now nourished. That scenario mm-hmm. is not so unrealistic. So would you and, – and it, it, it puts it a little bit in perspective. The planet – it's about us. It's not about the planet. 
Planet will be fine. That's what my yeah. Planet will be fine. <laughs> it's we'll us. Be dead. You know, so it really, you know, even though we we say the planet's not going to die, that evolution organisms already organisms are responding. Organisms mm-hmm. grow in the most polluted landscapes. They evolve. So don't say the dying planet. Say the dying human. I mean, let's mm-hmm. be, let's be real. It's about us. Yeah. Even though we. And it's about us, and we we need this type of nature. Uh, and so, the it you know, food. Food. So food, food, food. I mean, you could say, I think I, I encounter kids that go to UCLA. Everybody's interested in food systems. You know, like what do we eat? Grass fed, corn fed, beef. Talk about you know, this, you know, vegeta- please. You know, vegetarian, non vegetarian, chick- you know, that, and how bad the food system is local versus mm-hmm. non local. And it is certainly true that, you know, food has become our diet, not to put it this way, our diet with its excess of sugars and its absence of the real nutrients we need uh, has become probably the biggest health hazard globally. Now, in terms of of, because we've gotten rid of a lot of com- infectious diseases, mm-hmm. so it's it, it's so so here we have this food system. We're probably the only species where you know we're hunted by our food in the sense that it kills us, mm-hmm. and and but that food system that's an environmental problem because of emissions. Talk about that. Just just to cut in on that, so people know we're on the same page. Uh, People want to, like, what are greenhouse gas emissions? Yeah, so so greenhouse, and that's good. You have, to, you have to know that before you can talk about food and emissions. But so there's three main greenhouse gases. I, th- I think everybody's heard about carbon dioxide, mm-hmm. and that's about 82% of the greenhouse gases is carbon dioxide. Um, the second most important one is methane. Which is released from, from cow so farts. Methane, yes, it's from cow farts. And from landfills where your biodegradable plastic bags are decomposing. Yes. That's so, what people don't understand. When things go into a landfill, it releases methane, which also warms the earth. Right, right. So just because it's in a landfill doesn't mean it's dealt with. And the third one is nitrous oxides. And that comes from fertilizer on farms, from synthetic fertilizers that are spread on farms. Synthetic farm. fertilizers. Yeah, they're spread on farms. So there you have, those are the three big greenhouse gases. And when people talk about them, they talk about them. In two ways. They try to come up with one number. I'm not going to do that. But one other way to think about it, what is their heating potential? The worst heating potential is uh, nitrous oxides, about, you know, 300 times that of CO2. Think of it as a blanket. So it's a 300 times thicker blanket keeping you warm. Then comes methane, which is maybe about a 20 to 100 times more than CO2. And then CO2, which is like the thinnest blanket. Mm-hmm. But CO2 stays up there for 100,000 years, right. maybe 200,000 years. Methane cleans out in about 10 years, and nitrous oxides clean out maybe 100 years. But, but now, we, we were so obsessed with CO2 for a long time, and we should be, but because of their greater warming potential, people are paying attention to methane and nitrous oxides, and they're both tied to agriculture. So that's why your food system is as much about your health as it is about global warming. So then it comes down to, you know, I was I had a, a vegan burger the other day and so How much did it cost? Uh a, a lot. It was on the, it was on the hotel they paid for it. I don't I didn't look, but it was it was a not vegan, but it was a meatless burger and I was talking to my husband about it 
who works with Peter, not with, not that it's not like he's in a lab, but you guys do some stuff together. And he was like, you know, you don't know what's in that burger. I was like, is it soybeans? He's like, nope. I looked it up. It's like pea protein. Yeah. And he was talking to me. He probably got this from you about how you don't know what it is. You know, you just know you're not eating meat, but the carbon emissions put off by whatever created that burger might actually be worse for the environment. If they fertilize it. Who knows? Yeah. And, and, and you know, grass-fed beef, you don't, you're not fertilizing those, those pastures. Right. You're not? So, no. No. You normally have to fertilize your rangeland. So I guess the key is to eat better quality meat less often. That might, you know, and again, it's the, I mean, I, I happen to be, um, my favorite food, I don't know if no one knows this, my favorite food is barbecue. Oh. So it has been for a long time. And I go all over the world in search of it. Okay. And so I'm, I'm just not going to give that up. Okay. Sorry. It's okay. You walked here, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but look at how people, so when, when people talk about beef, here's what they often tell you. This is, this gets to like how complicated it is. Mm-hmm. So people will tell you, you know, uh, it took 20 pounds of feed mm. to produce one pound of beef. Mm-hmm. How inefficient of that is. Right. That's true. But even for corn-fed beef, even for corn-fed, not pasture-raised, only 77% of it's corn. Most of the food is we couldn't eat. Nothing could eat it that the, the cows are eating. Mm-hmm. And you could look at another ratio. We need protein. We absolutely there's the, we have to have protein. Right. So, a figure you could do is say if you use one pound of protein to make new protein, how much new protein do you get? You take one pound of protein. That means you're you're counting everything you feed the beef, but what part of it is actually protein you could eat? Mm-hmm. So you take all that and you say I, I give I give a, a cow one pound of human digestible protein, and guess what? I get out 1.3 pounds of beef. So I've amplified, I've grown protein. Mm-hmm. Do it for chicken. Smaller. It's under one. You actually right. lose protein. Right. Nobody ever reports that protein to protein conversion, and yet why do we eat meat? Why do we, you know, we evolved as carnivores. I mean, we, we evolved as omnivores, but, it, but we have the, our teeth are to eat meat. A couple of them, yeah. (laughs) And and so it's – I'm not saying you shouldn't be a – there's many reasons to be a vegetarian or vegan. A lot of them from – you know, there there are a lot of reasons. But don't think that it is automatically great for the environment. Mm -hmm. It depends on on where you're getting a protein and how it's grown. And how it's grown. Yeah. And that's tough. You can't always, you know, we always make fun of the person that's like, excuse me, how is this cow raised? Where did it come from? Because you don't want to be an asshole asking those questions, but it really does matter what kind of farm. Was it sustainably raised? That's right. a word I always look for, sustainable, organic. But that's not necessarily better. Even those labels aren't good because there's right. no, there's, there's actually, you can use those labels and not really be doing the best thing. Right. Also, like, what did it go to print that label? The <laughs> ink. Right. The, uh, the sticky solution that glued it on. Mi vida locita. Mi vida loquita. Is global warming really a thing, or does the world go in cycles slash ages and we're just approaching another one? Well, there, there I'll are— I'll answer that. Global warming is <laughs> definitely thing, a thing. thing right. Now just, you go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- that confusion there is, yes, there have been cycles. You know, ice ages, you, you're taught that. Yes, there have been climate cycles, but global warming 
is a thing. It's and, happening. And, and it's accelerating. That's the thing. People, I mean, it's going so much faster than we thought even a year ago. Right. We've never seen anything like That's this. That's what's so straight. scary. Yes. And it that feels like it won't slow down. It feels like yep. by the time we figure out what we need to do, it'll be too late. I don't know. Well, I'm so scared. No, 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 no. It, the wealthy people will be fine. Well, they'll see you there. I don't think I'm wealthy enough. <laughs> you probably are. Uh, I don't know. Well, wealthy people are always fine, but, you know, for me, I just, I want us all to be fine. Yes. Brings me to this. Lefensky says, do our efforts as individuals matter when it comes to helping the environment, or is it only big corporations that can make a difference? In this instant, I'm more talking about plastic waste and less about global warming. One last thing I love you, Eliza. Oh, my God, me too. Uh, I think about, like, <laughs> oil spills and massive factories and carbon emissions and stuff. I mean— it isn't me buying a plastic candy wrapper and eight other billion people. It's so many other things that have really tipped the scales. Well, so, but the way to think about corporations is— They're people too. No, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not on that Supreme Court justice thing. But no, I, the way to think about corporations is, is, is because they're big, they're like a lever. And, and if you could get a corporation to do something differently— then you can have a big impact. Right. And so how do you get them to do something differently? I mean, there's sort of three ways. One is shame, and there's nothing wrong with shame. No, especially online. You know. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember when uh, Lego came out and they were doing a new Lego thing with Shell gas stations. And uh, I forgot which environmental group. It was Greenpeace went after them. And they shut that production of that Lego down in like three days. It was an amazing yeah. social media campaign. Shame. Shame. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's probably the <laughs> yeah. best way. Well, but the problem is, 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 is because that worked because it was a very specific thing. To tell a corporation to, to do more general things or to kind of diffuse, it's hard to find the, you know, it's hard to find the, the wound to pick at. So, so, yeah. so the other thing is investors. You know, a lot, a lot of uh, retirement funds really go after corporations that can defend their sustainability record. And the third thing is consumers. Consumers have a lot of power. And vote we, with your dollar. And, and don't you vote, use a social campaign. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yes, your choice about what you buy may not do anything. But if you can get online and get a bunch of other people to make that choice, they will change. And they, you see that. I think, you know, we always think we're so small, I can't do anything. But think of all the times you've raised money for a cause. You know, you galvanized a couple people to do something. And even if it is as simple, and I've taken this on, as just posting about it, Rel- relentlessly putting images out there that are uncomfortable for people to see, it slowly starts to change the perspective. I mean, I started saying, let's not use straws, and I'm so proud of the amount of fans that are like, I never thought of it, and now I don't. Even, like, the littlest thing, just changing people's perspectives. And I do believe the voting with your dollar. Just You don't have to buy the thing that's there just because it's there. You can go to the next aisle. You can just yeah. do without your bottle of water. You're not that thirsty. And, and we, you know, in the U.S., we often have this this lone ranger kind of figure of a hero. And just for culturally or something, we don't, we underappreciate collective action. Ooh, yeah, that's great. You know, and, you know, you every, everybody talks about innovation, tech, and all these Silicon Valley folks that are addressing these problems. Collective action is still hugely powerful. And it's not movement. spoken about. Yeah, a movement. Look at Black Lives Matter. That's a movement. That's right. Me too. That's a movement. Right. You know, and there's that tipping point when enough people are fed up with something and you do something. Maybe it is picketing a, uh, a corporation or electing someone 
you know, getting together on one issue. Cacto Cardo, oh, you guys, Cacto Cardo as Evinho. <laughs> How do we get lawmakers to implement legislation that makes an actual difference? Is there any way the population can influence them towards applying knowledge from scientists and technicians who have the information that should guide policy to deal with the extinction crisis and climate breakdown? My individual actions are a grain of sand. What can I do? P.S. I'm in Europe. Yes. Well, you know, city and state governments are doing stuff. Yeah. Uh, In California, Oregon, Washington, I mean, they they all have carbon limitation things. A lot of cities have good targets. So when you're really saying that, what you're you're wailing about is the federal government, which I think everybody wails about as well. Easy target. There's one thing that gets a little bit misrepresented. I think, um, and I'm not a political analyst, but I— I, tra- I make it a habit, I, because I'm a scientist, I like to talk to people as a way of making observations. Mm-hmm. People are not anti-science in general. Some people are. Well, I'm saying in general, the public. I'm not, wait, no. You, she's with, yes, some no people are. No one's listening. No one listening to this is anti-science. Yeah, and, and if you are, just, stop listening. And, well, keep listening. And a lot of, I was just in Atlanta, and I was in a room with like 22 people, and I would say half were Trump supporters. Mm-hmm. It was to figure out how to do something. And and every one of them was very worried about the climate and wanted us to do something. And so don't don't project Trump onto the public. I agree that he has the public support, but they might be supporting him for their own for, for very weird reasons that I hope the Democrats figure out. But they but don't project his views onto the public. And I think we make that mistake. The public is ready to do something about climate. Mm-hmm. The public really is. We do need a, a leader. We really need a leader to take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. But the public's ready. There's not – I don't feel like we have to co- convince the public. The public's ready. And you know who a lot of the public are that probably uh, do vote more conservatively? A lot of them are in middle America farmers who are – they're going to be the ones that take the brunt of this, bear the brunt of this because they're the ones that – uh, are feeding us from the ground up, and they're the ones that uh, are hit the hardest. Yeah. I think farmers really take it on the chin. Yeah, so, I, I mean, in, when I worked for the Nature Conservancy, we knew that the strongest conservationists were farmers, ranchers, and fishermen because mm-hmm. they're connected to the natural world, and that was true. Mm-hmm. Safe to say everybody loves bread, but everybody doesn't eat bread as often as they would like to because of bread guilt, right? Health concerns, carb fear mongering. I mean, if we could, we would eat toast sandwiches made of toast, nice layer of sandwich bread on the top, toast in the middle, and wash it down with a nice glass of bread. Hero Bread makes those same delicious favorites free of consequences or compromises. You should feel good when you eat bread. Hero Bread has 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 0 grams of sugar, and it's high in fiber, which is what you want. Hero Bread is delicious and flavorful, and it's soft and it's fluffy, so it puts you right back there, you know, years ago, eating your favorite sandwich before we were afraid of wheat. And they have something for everyone. They have sliced bread loaves, they have buns, they have tortillas. Don't give up on being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use code ELIZA at checkout. That's ELIZA at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Hurry and get 10% off your order when you use ELIZA at H-E-R-O dot C-O. It's hard to take care of your hair. 
when there's quite frankly too many options. Of course you're skeptical. Everything promises to give you all the answers you ever wanted that genetics couldn't give you. But when pros says custom, they actually mean it. It's no gimmick. Your formula couldn't exist without you. Every bottle of pros custom hair and skincare is made to order and personalized with a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. I love that pros goes in-depth. I mean, they asked me my zip code to understand how the water in my area affects my hair. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love the results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash askaliza. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash askaliza for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash askaliza. Uh... Question, Kippo22 says, from your perspective, shifting, uh, not really shifting, but we didn't talk about this before, does algae have a place in sustainability? I work in the industry, and I hear about using algae for bioplastics that degrade into fish food, carbon sequestration, and alternatives to animal feedstock that lead to less emissions. You are showing off, Kippo22. Am I in an industry bubble where these topics are played up, or are we actually seeing these technologies come to fruition in the U.S.? So I think algae does have a have, have a big role. It, none of the technology really scales yet. By scale, I mean can be produced massively enough, cheaply enough, Mm -hmm. to um, really register environmentally. Mm -hmm. But it's a really good idea. And I tell you, algae grows fast. Mm -hmm. I don't think, like, when when, when you're growing biomass or, you know, when you're growing stuff on land, a lot of that stuff has to support the corn plant from standing up. And algae is floating. Everything right. is so. There, there's a built-in opportunity for algae. In, in traditional Asian aquaculture, they use algae and 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 things like uh, mussels and fish together for a complete ecosystem. It's incredibly efficient, and sustainable. It just doesn't scale. They have to do it in in these lagoons. But I, you know, I would, you know, I would be careful. And there's a lot of cons out there in this. You know, people mm-hmm. take advantage of people take advantage of our desire. To save the world. That's the other thing. The people that latch on and they've got a new company. Oh, we make lip balm and it's eco-friendly. And yeah. you're like, no, you're just trying to make a bunch of money. There, I'm scared as a consumer that is, that does have a bleeding yes, heart. Yes, because they do. I mean, they really do. I've, I'm often asked to look at some new technology and I find out I'm debunking a con. But algae really could work. Could work. If we all lean into it, yeah. because there's so many things. What if our cars ran on banana peels? What if, our, you know, and to all galvanize behind one thing to make it become the norm. Uh, I think we're slowly starting to see that with less plastic bottles or metal straws. You know, you can't just leave the straw in the garbage that you actually have to use it. Uh, Carlos Lurk says, how much of a difference have the new eco-friendly and sustainable technologies done for the current state of the environment? It's a broad uh, question. Yeah, well— um, on, For sure, you know, wind wind and solar has done a lot. I, I don't know if you call that an eco I call that a, a technology, wind and solar renewable. I guess we don't about it because we can't see it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and the batteries, the batteries are getting better and better, meaning they're lasting longer and it's going to help a lot. Can we talk about batteries for a second? A lot of people don't know this. Do not throw your batteries away. Yes. Right. What should you do with your batteries? Well, you take, I mean, there are battery cycling centers everywhere. But, every- like, what do I, okay, but, like, that's far. Like, what do I do? 
That's what you do. Saturday. I got to go to the battery recycling. Emily, have you been going to the battery recycling center when I give you bowls of batteries? Or they're often electronics. I mean, they, in some places they're specialized for batteries. Some places it's a lot. What, what do you do with them? I have them all in one spot to take to the IKEA center. That's a place you can do it? Yeah. IKEA has a drop, yeah. You got to look at You just Google local battery centers. Or electronics. Sometimes they, sometimes they lump them together. But it's that hard to just, it's that stuff that you can't put in a landfill. Don't put it in the garbage. You don't, don't want that it. in your landfill. So that's right. <laughs> uh, and people don't think about it. You know what always irks me um, is when you, you separate your garbage and your recycling and people are like, no food. You can't have food and recycling. And I imagine this massive factory with wheels and cogs and an eggshell gets in there and it all comes to a grinding <laughs> halt. <laughs> because it was a, I'm like, they'll figure it out. But for the, you got to help them out. Do your part. Do not put your batteries in the garbage. But, you know, you said something there, which is why I think a lot of people well, – time is precious. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things we don't do, we're well-intended um, and we're decent. Road to hell. But mm. um, we're so busy mm-hmm. and time is so precious. That's why I'm – you know, what, what's one of the best things you could do? Give the people who work with you time off. I mean, give free up time. You don't have to pay them or free up time. Which is give people a chance to get to implement these things. We're so busy that it's like, oh, I couldn't recycle that. Oh, I forgot to grab that. All the grab-and-go culture, that's because we're in such a rush. Americans are so we live to work. Uh, uh, not work to live like some of the other cultures. Right. So there's a big connection with you're in such a rush. So you're grabbing plastic food, bottles, things right. like that because you just don't have the time. And, and we evolved – you know, it, we, we evolved as hunter-gatherers. You know, we hunt down our mammoth or whatever it was, a bison. And and most of the time we were without. Mm-hmm. And then when we had, we just consumed like mad because we had to. So it's very hard for us to control right. our impulses True. because up until, you know, 300 years ago, none of this was easy to get. Yeah, that's interesting. Now everything's so accessible. Yeah, I mean, we, 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 you, you can go. I mean, it's, shopping is – think of you as a hunter-gatherer. There yeah. was no such – and that's evolutionarily, that's 99.999% of our evolution is as a hunter-gatherer. Mm-hmm. We never encountered a grocery store. That's a pretty recent invention <laughs> right. in the history so, of mankind. Yeah. So, you know, you're walking down the aisle. You can't resist anything. I can, you know. And, that's right. It's, and the packaging it's is so easy, pretty. And it's easy. So, so, you know, don't beat up on yourself too much. I, th- I think an important thing, and we and environmentalists don't do this enough, is, you know, step back and say, you know, we're a species. We've been shaped by evolution. There are some things that's going to be really hard for us to do like because of that. And then when you recognize that, if you, if you, if you pause and think about that, then I think you might be able to better come up with a strategy to do it instead of fighting what is pretty ingrained. I think also just once you have your eyes open to the amount of plastic you're using. I know plastic isn't the only thing. We're going to get to something else in a second. But, like, I follow a couple accounts that I didn't realize, oh, yeah, I shouldn't take a plastic bag for my right. three apples. Right. Oh, I shouldn't – I should grab the glass bottle or or the cardboard one over the glass one. You know, like little things that you don't realize you could be – don't use a rubber band for something. Yeah. We're also a visual species. Yeah. And 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 we enviros are as nerds. I mean we, we use numbers. Numbers do not compel. Right. Nobody, nobody – uh, Show a picture. I mean you talk about – show a picture of the plastic. Don't say – who knows what 5,000 tons means? Right. 
I don't know what five pounds of fat looks like, but when you show it to me, I'm like, oh, my God, it's so much fat. Yeah. Yeah. Little tiny things, and you can go on any uh, ecologically woke person's Instagram, and they'll have suggestions for better ways. You bring your own bag to the store. Little things. Starting to make changes here. Plastic bags are banned. It's insane when someone— And also, people are on such, I think, autoplay. Like, they just give you a straw. They just give you a bag. And I look at them in the face and I say, don't give me that. Yeah, sometimes they give it to you so fast you can't turn it down, too, if you don't say that. You don't realize it. You're like, what did I just do? What have I done? Bar 545. And who's had two questions in here now? And Erica, Erica Lacauge. When are we going to get serious and push for nuclear fusion as the next cheap energy source instead of green energy con jobs? What are your thoughts on nuclear energy? That's a loaded question. Yeah. Let's hear it. You know, I think that um, nuclear energy, you know, the Society for Conservation Biology was pro, had a letter from its leaders, it's pro-nuclear energy. And um, symbolism, sometimes environmentalism gets all caught up in symbolism versus reality. California's energy prices go up and, and uh, we're getting energy from outside the state that's made with coal. Nuclear energy done well has to be part of our energy portfolio for the world. It has to be for a while. She's you know, whoever wrote that the bit about it's not a you know renewables aren't a con job. It's just that they're sort of oversold. They are important. They are valuable. It's just that there's still a small percentage and there's no way of growing them fast enough to deal with the problem. Which is that's why we need nuclear energy. For now. Yeah, for now. Um, but uh, the renewables are not a con job. They're just oversold like so much else. Okay. A, is that an I underscore J underscore F 2020? Come on with that name. Climate change. What can we expect over the next 5, 10, or 50 years? What are some basic things we can do to extend the life of the planet and help preserve existing wildlife in their habitats? Well, wow. stop killing them. Garbage. Well, we, we, there was a study that was just published maybe it was a week ago that I, what you can expect is every year, in about in about forty percent of the countries, every year will be a new record for heat. Oh yes, we just I think Alaska just had a record like ninety degrees. And so, think about that. You know, you're you're gonna you're, you'll get hit with a, a heat wave this summer, and it'll say broke all records, and then next year it'll oh. break it again and keep going up. Yeah. Heat is the most predictable thing from all the climate models because it's very straightforward, whereas rainfall and things like that are, are more complicated to model. But they, the predictions about heat have been dead on. And, it's um, going to get hotter. And don't underestimate that impact on you. First of all, a lot of people don't have air conditioning. Yeah. Not in Hollywood. Yeah, everything's pre-war. Yeah. One's apartment just doesn't have AC. And the other thing that people don't – it's not heat during the day. It's heat during the night. That is the problem because you can't sleep. And when you can't sleep, you know, all sorts of studies show that kids in poor neighborhoods don't have air conditioning. They suffer at school. You know, they don't get sleep at night. Yeah. Oh, my God. Being hot in your sleep is the worst. Right. Waking up sweaty is the worst. The heat in the night is a great band name. Yeah. Or movie. <laughs> Cop movie. Uh, so then what can we do? Mrs. Kamek says, can you please recommend a trustworthy online source for facts about the state of the environment and what we can do to make a positive impact? There's so much information that contradicts itself. Who to believe? Well, that's, again, what I was speaking to. Yeah. You are uh, – this is a frustration of me, of just about everybody. I feel like at UCLA I should at least build a registry of 
Because there won't be one source, but I could give you like 20. You need like an environmental Snopes yeah. website. Yep, right, That's right. what we need is just somewhere right. to go for animal questions, pet right, questions. Right, right. I have a pet and they'll question. And they'll be going to different, you know. It's a link. Different, a right. Tree. A link. A link, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is a very specific one. Bextergrams. Bextergrams. Hi, Eliza. This might seem a bit morbid, but I'm curious to know if green burials are a scam or if this is genuinely an environmentally, environmental impact from traditional burial and or cremation methods practices. That means we should be reconsidering these practices. I don't – I must – that's a weird question. Are green burial scams? Is there genuinely an environmental impact from traditional burial? Well, it's taking up land. Yeah. That's, I mean, there's no question it's taking up land. What percentage of land is dead bodies? Quick. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm not sure it's a statistic I want to know. Probably 100%. (laughs) All right. Somebody had a question about cat litter. Snooplingers, snoopligers, says, I'm not sure if this is a dumb question or not, but what's an environmentally friendly way of getting rid of solid kitty litter? I'm using a compostable, a compatible bag in a sealed trash can, and that lasts a week and a half before it gets too full or too stinky. I'm curious to know if there's a better kitty litter out there or a better way of dumping it. Yeah. Well, the problem with kitty litter, especially along the coast, is... um, um, it leads to some of your marine mammals getting Oof. sick. But, They're just taking it on the chin, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, if you're if you're inland, it's not a big deal, right? So, it, it, so kitty litter is not a major source of of emissions or all that when you consider it. So, kitty litter is a problem if you're along the coast. Yeah, you the, have the to think coast. about where you live. Uh, and and then it, it's probably is really worth paying attention to. Uh, and I, you know, I've had cats and dogs my whole life, and um, <laughs> my solution is not everybody's solution. Is that to shame them out of not pooping? <laughs> no, no. I always, I have my own backyard, you know, sort of landfill. Right. That's your neighbors hate you. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> I cover it up. Okay, but are, but are you? But does the smell get out? No. You're like I can't smell it. Navy wine goddess. Hi, Peter and Eliza. I'm an oceanography and meteorology officer for the Navy. Whoa. And I'm trying to make my future life decisions. I have an oceanography degree. Brag. And I want to continue to impact the environment for the better. I'm getting out of the Navy the next three to five years and want to know how I can have a lucrative career and continue my passion for the environment. Any suggestions would be appreciated. I'm planning to apply for my MBA with a focus on sustainability. This is obviously directed at Peter since I definitely <laughs> this is not. I'm like, go to film school. Um, but I want to know if there are better ways to get a lucrative career and make an impact. P.S. A lot of your podcasts are good on duty. Girl Logic is awesome. This is for you, Peter. Tossing that hot one to you. <laughs> okay, Where should so, she go work? She got all the all the good degrees. Um, sustainability jobs in the private sector are growing, and you know a lot of our kids that graduate from UCLA get those jobs. But you really want to have an impact. You don't want to be the sustainability officer. You want to be in procurement, or the person, the designer is designing the management process, mm-hmm. and then using the sustainability um, training. Make those better. So, sustainability officers mainly what they often do is they 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 are responsible for producing the company's sustainability report, and it has to be accurate. So, it, and it is important because people do read those and make choices about companies. Yeah. But but if I were really ambitious and wanted to have a decent career, uh. I would find the training that allowed me to go into procurement or manufacturing with that background. And you're the one in charge. You're the yep. one controlling right. how attractive the company is. Got a very nucle- a very uh, granular question for you about markers. 
Hey, y'all. Pool underscore Laura three. I teach preschool for four to five-year-olds, and we talk about recycling. Do you have any advice uh, as a school for us having more sustainable items around campus, something other than milk cartons at lunch or plastic utensils? Any good tips on recycling crayons or markers? Well, I don't use crayons or markers. True. <laughs> so I don't know what to I guess that goes in recycling because it's, it's wax. Crayons are wax and markers are plastic. Yeah, crayons would be, you know. Use them down to the nub. You shouldn't be recycling crayons. You should be using them. Yeah, like pencils down to the nub. I think every single company should have, and this affects a lot of makeup I buy. I'm like, where do I put the cartridge when I'm done? Yeah, that's a good, I mean, that's actually a very, I mean, that's a really smart idea because we all get to that stage with everything. And if, um, that would make a difference. That would make a difference. But not you alone, only collectively. No, no, just me. (laughs) What, What do you think of this company, Loop? Do you know about this? No. Oh, um, I wish that we had a website for it, but it's basically it's a, a service that you pick the products you want, like Haagen Dazs ice cream, but it comes to you in a metal container. You eat it, and then you return it to them. They refill it. They bring it back to you, versus buying a pint every time and throwing out. Uh, right. Well, I mean that's why I buy my dog food. So in is metal. it a conti- yeah in, in a, a container, container that comes back? Yeah. <laughs> I think one of the biggest things, like I love the idea of a bulk store, but it's hard to find one. They're not on every store. You right. know, we all want to do these sustainable things, but it's not accessible. And Amazon's made things so accessible, and it all comes in a package That's with right. a plastic. And so it's like you're paying. So on the one hand, I didn't take my car and use gas to drive to the store, but someone I guess took their car, but in that had a bunch of packages. So it's this constant weighing out of your own. I don't know. That's why I said, I, I, but I, you know, I know there, that you want me to answer these questions about what I can do, I and, do. And, and and everybody wants the question, but I still say the problem's too big. So what you could do is do a hundred of these shows, yeah, and then consume like hell whatever you want. It's almost what <laughs> I would say. Try, well, that's the thing, you know. I mean, the, so the, the the problem's so big that you have to be part of a big solution. Yeah, what that big solution is depends on where you are. Who is it? Is it Teddy Roosevelt? Do what you can with what you have where you are. Pretty sure. Yeah, you nodding at me, and it's and that's the other thing. People, my. Biggest pet peeve is that I, I post about something, a change that I'm actively implementing. We don't use plastic uh, plastic bags. We don't use paper towels in my house. You know, we use rags. These are little things that I do, and I post about it, and then you get the nihilists that are like, well, you didn't do that perfectly, so I'm not doing anything. Right. And I'm like, but that's just so lazy. All you have to do is the one thing. And by the way, I don't have to thank you. There's all these memes online that are like, to the person who doesn't eat meat on Fridays, I thank you. To the person who didn't use a plastic bag, thank you for all. You don't get a pat on the back. I'm not going to get a warm thank you from me for adjusting your behavior. And all the people out there are like, I'm not going to do anything. This is all your fault. <laughs> You're a blamer. <laughs> I am a big blamer. Yeah. But don't blame other people that are just trying to do a little bit. Right. I, I really believe a little bit. If enough of us do a little bit, the earth is still going to get really hot. Right. So I, the, the, so you're right. It, but the the trick with collective action, though, and saying enough of us do a little bit, while the enough of you are doing a little bit, don't pick on those who aren't because— I have to. I know, but— Because they're being so mean about it. They're not doing anything. So people aren't doing anything, Peter. Yeah, but you got to—come f- on, you're smarter. you got to find a way to, to get them. But, I think you can. Oh, but not shaming them? I thought we were talking—I thought you said well, shaming was— so, Shaming works great for corporations. I don't pick on them personally. No, Nobody I know, knows I that. I know you don't. Know uh, but in theory— but, you know, it is that thing where it's like, hey, don't crap on me because I'm trying to make a change and then mm-hmm. sit over there with your big gulp and your, and your plastic tractor. <laughs> plastic tractor. 
Ken's Q21. I'm currently getting my PhD. Did I just say PhD? PhD in molecular biology studying African trypanosomes. 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 One thing I'm constantly battling with is how much single-use plastic is being used in the lab. However, I get the safety reasons behind it. Do you have any facts on how much laboratory sciences are contributing to plastic waste? I think about that on movie sets. Yeah, I don't have the figures, but, I mean, they do. You're right. I mean, because... Um, universities often have people who care about sustainability, and therefore they really object to the, all the reusable. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not reused. The you know the one time single use, use yeah. sing, sing, single use stuffs in labs. But the way around that is, I mean, you need a chemist or a material scientist to find a new material. You're not going to replace single use. You have to have the single use. Probably. Do you think a lot of it has to do with people? R- remove the idea of a lab for a second, but just in general. I think especially in America, and I, people get upset when you bring up how much Asia pollutes. You know, you're not allowed to bring up other countries here in a very uh, – you hurt my Fifi's democracy that we're living in. But America deals with its waste, I think, properly. Um, but I think we're such a sue-happy country that a lot of times single-use um, or wastefulness is encouraged so that it's like we didn't contaminate it. You can't sue us. Does that make sense? Yeah, I and mean, that's certainly true with food waste. Food waste. I mean, food food waste. Like, is, I can't is, give is, my food to a homeless person at the end of the day if I work at Chipotle. What if they get sick? Yeah, I mean, you go to China, and in the evening, you know, like after all the restaurants show close, and even a small villages, there's somebody going with a cart collecting all the food waste, and it either goes really? to pigs or it goes to uh, another restaurant or, or to families. And every night you see them going through. Wouldn't happen here because of some sort of health regulation. So, so right. a, a lot of our waste is kind of twisted. Uh, the amount of places you go to a fast, not a fast food place like a Burger King, but, you know, any like mid-level, like nicer than a Chipotle. And, oh, oh God, it was, it's a salad making place. I'm not going to say the name. New pair of plastic gloves for every salad. Mm-hmm. And I was like, the whole point of wearing plastic gloves is so your gross hand doesn't touch my food. Not so other lettuces I understand if, like, I have celiac disease or I'm allergic to peanuts, but to th- I'm watching them throw out. I, I left. I didn't order from there. A new pair of plastic That's gloves. That's a good point. Yeah, I had, I, now that you, you're right, I, I had noticed that, but you're exactly I, right. Yeah. Because it doesn't make sense. I mean, the, you're using a plastic gloves to keep your germs off the food. Your germs. It's not cross-contamination. It's all salads mm. and food. If, you, if you're really allergic to peanuts, then don't eat there. Right. Uh, I think we just kind of don't think about it. We're just, I don't know. Packages after package. When you go to a movie set or get your makeup done, they will hand you a new mascara wand uh, for every time you put on your mascara. And then you can't dip it back in. They hand you another plastic one rather than just give you the mascara. So you're just throwing out five, <laughs> ten of them. I think movies do it a lot of that kind of ways if you're ever, if you're ever getting your makeup done. Yeah, right. It's a really it's a thing. Yeah. I have a question. Yeah. I drive a 19 uh, – I'm sorry. I drive a 2009 Honda Civic Hybrid. And I've heard the – argument recently that I should buy a new car, a new hybrid, because the technology on the old one... It's not so good. Yeah. Is that true? Do I have to treat myself to a new car? <laughs> Is that okay? I have to. Yeah. It's for the environment. Again, the, make anything you have last as long as possible. See? Yeah. Because you, the the metal, I mean, the, the energy that goes into producing that is huge. Yeah. It's not about, you know, it's not just about the energy you consume running around. Think about the energy built that car. That hybrid technology has to be decent enough, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So and, I'm going to keep it. Yeah, I think that's – and that's such well, – I don't like that advice because it, it, it presumes a certain thing. What does it presume? Wealth. I got – I'm wealthy. Not that wealthy. I could buy a new car. But I also think, you know, if I 
you could always make the argument like, well, the other car, the car's already made, like it's already in existence. I'm like, but if I buy that one, then they have to make one more for someone else who wants it. Mm-hmm. I always think about that. People are like, well, these things are already produced. I'm like, but if you buy it, more gets ordered. So you are really pulling something out of nothing somewhere down the manufacturing line. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Um, like, uh, don't use XYZ product. And you're like, okay. And someone might say, well, they've already produced it. It's already sitting on the shelf. It's already come into creation. And I say, well, if you buy it, then they know to reorder it, meaning they will go make more. Oh, right. Yeah. So I get, yeah, because you're trying to kill a market. I mean, yes. like no, you're trying to kill a market. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's no reason for coal. I mean, what a, and we got to bring those jobs back. Yeah. Those coal not jobs. That many jobs. There's <laughs> so, not that many. That's the other thing. Yeah, but, but there are some things that you just want to kill the market. You want to disrupt that market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You really do vote. I mean, you really do have the power of if enough of you stop buying certain things. And then those markets, I think, will either evolve or they'll just go away. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. What uses coal? Like, what still uses coal? Uh, electricity we get here. We use it. That all comes from coal? No, it doesn't all come from coal, but it's, it, coal is still a major part of the global, you know, electrical, mm-hmm. you know, electrical energy. And what so you we could move so you could you could get well, uh, that would be solar and wind eventually. But um, there's battery technology's got to improve. We got to have a grid for them. So that's why I said nuclear is a good, you know, a good option. Yeah. Rachel McCuskey says, is it realistically helpful for residential homes to have solar panels? If so, how much of a positive impact would it have on the environment if they were more commonly used? Well, solar panels are a great idea. Yeah, I don't know. Of course. <laughs> uh, why don't more people have them? Uh, because what, they, what, you, what you can't do as much of is you really uh, – you still need to hook up to the grid because mm-hmm. – so uh, – and – what you really want is a grid such that you could sell the energy back to the grid but pay a fee for hooking up to it. Mm-hmm. That gets discouraged right now because there is no really fee for just hooking up. There's a fee for for the electricity and, and sort of built-in use. And what you – to build out the grid, the companies have to get some money to build out the grid. And so you should probably fee – have a fee, but you should get money for producing clean energy. Yeah. And that system, we'll get to that somehow. What an incentive. Yeah. The grid, so we're all clear, like your city is on a grid. Grid, right, yeah. Like that's why one stoplight doesn't go out, it's like five. Yeah, and that's why when they say off the grid, it means you're not connected to any. Very matrixy. Yeah. Question about other countries versus us. We all have our own ways of dealing with trash, you know, and a lot of times when I talk about trash, I get pushed back on my Instagram because people will say, that's a different country that does that. I was just in Malaysia and they were talking about how they just refused X amount of tons of trash coming over because they couldn't handle it anymore. And this is not about shaming or blaming, but who are the countries that are producing this waste that's Well, we were shipping our trash over to Asia too, you know, mm-hmm. for their landfills. Yeah. So China was accepting a lot of trash from all over the world from landfills, and then they said no more. Mm-hmm. And so from Europe and us, and now shipping it other places. So, you know, the countries. I don't know the trash. I know the food waste. We're really bad in food waste, and other countries do much better than that. Yeah. I think we're all pretty bad at trash, actually. We manage our landfills better. That's what we do. We, so man- we, 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 we do landfills. So I think that's the the right thing. The reason a lot of the plastic that's in the ocean is from poorly managed landfills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where it couldn't break. Right. And so the, it then gets out. But our landfills are... Well managed, so stuff doesn't dump in the ocean. It's not well managed for methane necessarily, but it's well managed for 
ocean pollution. Killing one part of the environment, but you're okay with the other part. That's what's <laughs> happening. And, you know, people always blame. They're like, well, that's in another country. That picture, you know, like those aren't our beaches, but it's all connected. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the best one is, is CO2. Mm-hmm. That's a global thing, right? I mean, if it's a polluted river, what you do here, around here, is good. It kind of drives me nuts that all these co- I my students get so mad when I pick on them for this. You know, every college campus has a zero carbon goal. Right. So, supposing that to, you're starting at 100 tons of carbon and that reducing that first ton costs you a million bucks. And the second ton costs you two million bucks. And the third ton costs you four million for that extra because mm-hmm. it gets harder and harder. You get the easy stuff first. And then when you're going from you're just producing one ton of carbon and you just want to get it to zero and that's going to cost you a half a billion. That's not an unrealistic curve. I mean, it just gets harder and harder to get to zero. You would be much better off going and investing that money in Indonesia or India and giving and having them go make the easy changes mm-hmm. to reduce emissions. And the money would go much further. Yes. But we're so obsessed with being able to brag that we're zero carbon. Yeah. And that's not thinking globally. It doesn't help. Right. You're thinking yeah, so locally. It's, it's, it's really about... I want to make a difference. What's the best use I can put my time or money? Those are the resources that matter, time or money. Time or money. And for sure, you should have – I mean, every university should reduce carbon by 50%. Mm -hmm. Just right off the bat, emissions. They can do that. Or just spend your time arguing about the color of the new Little Mermaid because that's an effective (laughs) way to spend our time. Last question. Yes, like the color. Color spelled O-U-R. You're obviously British or Canadian. What are you both reading right now? Fiction, nonfiction? Thank you. <laughs> Any good recommendations? I like how they give options in case you don't know what reading, what books you're reading. Any good recommendations, Peter? I think I'm more interested to know what you're reading. Well, I'm a fiction. I, I just, I'm just about finished with a book called The Immortals, which is excellent. Mm-hmm. And What's it about? So it, The Immortals is about four kids, young in New York City, go to a fortune teller. She tells them the exact day they're going to die and gives them advice. And then the book goes from there. Okay. And you don't know what day they're going to die. And they don't tell you. Oh, okay. Um, the, um, the other book I'm reading right now is, um, I'm going to get the title wrong, but it's basically What We Eat Now. That might be the right title now, right? Okay. It, it's, it's a book about what we eat now and how kind of bizarre it is. It's where I, I'm only a third of the way in it, but it's where it really drove home to be the point that the way we're presented with food now is so bizarre compared to the way it has been through most of our history, which explains yeah. a lot of our overeating and waste. I, I just cracked open that book, Homo Deus, is a brief history of time. Yeah. I, I definitely got it from my husband. And they talk a lot about that, how, like, disease isn't an issue like it was and hunting. Like, all the things that we've come up against uh, throughout our time on this planet, we've eradicated. And now, yeah. now what yeah. do you do? Yeah. I've only read the first couple pages. I also started a book called Educated, which is a fiction book. Uh, Not quite fiction, really. Is, is it? it based on her? I yeah. only started the. Yeah, it's actually a, more of a memoir. It's a, okay. I was on vacation with my mom. She's like, "You need to get a book," and I was like, "I read." And I so in Bermuda, she made me get a book, and I've mm-hmm. only gotten through four pages of it. Mm-hmm. But you asked, and that's what we're reading right now. I love that you already read it and that you corrected <laughs> me. I'm like, I don't know what it's. It's now time for top of the cob. It's the top of the cob. We're doing it right every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. Peter, I'm interested to know what your top of the cob is more than any other guest ever. Oh, well, I mean, I thought – so I got something this morning. 
um, I'm really committed to this climate change thing. And so we've been on a project. We teach in Title I schools all around L.A. to create short videos that make sharp, concise points that will stick with them, like three-minute videos. And we just got our first one from the person we contracted this morning, and it was terrific. Yeah, what was it I about? Mean, it, it, it was called Climate Acceleration. Mm-hmm. And they the images, the, you know, it, the visuals were wonderful. It just made a few simple points. It'll help the kids pass their, their science exams when they get out of school. And, you know, sometimes when you ask people to do work and You've had this vision in mind that how it's going to turn out. It actually turns out. Normally, it doesn't for me. (laughs) Or anyone. (laughs) And it was like, I watched it, you know, a few hours ago. I was like, wow, this might work. It's going to make an impact. Well, we're going to make a hundred of them. But just the fact that the, we don't know what we're doing. And the fact that it came back so well, that was kind of cool. My top of the cob is my newfound fascination with the crows that live near my house. I was told recently that if you leave out food for them, they will bring you trinkets. I'm really looking forward to the trinkets they'll bring. And they're smart as hell. I've heard they're really smart. I heard they don't forget a face. Um, so I look forward to a life of servitude, <laughs> making sure to feed these crows. Yeah. But I'm hoping that the trinkets are cool. I can have a little collection. People come by. They'll pay to see my crow collection. What's your bottom of the cob, Peter? Uh, yeah. Um, and don't say, like, littering because that's obvious. No, I'm not going to. This is something that, that reflects. This is, for me, my personal um bottom of the cob. It was, I have such a hard time controlling some things that, and in the summer, I can gorge out on a half a gallon of ice cream. So what did I do? I unplugged my refrigerator and freezer so I couldn't possibly buy ice cream and bring it home. So I think I've beaten my urge. That's insane. No, it isn't, but this is. Professor. No, but I'm, you know, I understand my evolutionary history. I can't. Okay. can't fight it. So then. What about your other food? Don't I I have an interesting diet. Oh, never mind. Okay. So I, I then buy, you know, the littlest container of ice cream you can. I can't remember the I, the brand name, but, you know, you get it. It's like the, the size. And I, it was yesterday. I was so looking forward to it. And I opened it. It was one of those ice cream things that had been f- frozen and refrozen, thawed and refrozen. Uh-huh. So it tasted terrible. But I still ate it. Oh, no. So it's like. First of all, why am I such an idiot that I have to unplug my refrigerator so I don't gorge on ice cream? And then to make it worse, I then buy the ice cream anyways. And then Ah. the third strike, the ice cream doesn't even taste good, but I can't resist it and I eat it. And I just was like, talk about the consumer. You know, I'm an environmentalist and all that, but talk about the consumer is just sort of looking at themselves and say, what? What? Yeah, you're you're in charge of so many brilliant young minds. (laughs) What was I doing? Cut to you just crying, eating melted ice cream (laughs) by an unplugged refrigerator. Uh, You eat like a girl going through a breakup. (laughs) I've pulled candy out of the trash can because you like you do all these things to make sure. This reminds. I had a boy that I was talking to, and I knew he was bad for me. This is forever ago, obviously not recently. And I erased his number from my phone. I was like, that way I can't text him. And then I would go online to my phone bill, find his phone number, so yeah. I could text him. Yeah. Isn't it interesting what we do? We try so hard to control our urges. Yep. So the moral of the story is? Uh, regulate. <laughs> I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's so dark. Uh, mine is less less deep than that. Uh, mine is just how, my bottom of the cob is when you get your sleep thrown off. My dad got in really late last week, so he was in, like, 1 in the morning. I've been going to bed at, like, 9 because the sun comes in my window with sunrise. So I'm up at sunrise like an animal. And he came in. <laughs> I was up at, like, till 2 a.m. waiting for him. And that was last Wednesday, and today is Monday, and, like, I'm still just wrecked because I've been, like, a couple hours behind. 
but still having to do my gigs and go to dinners and things like that. So that's tough. Curses, Dad. Yeah, that the, when your sleep gets off and you can't catch up. Because what am I going to do? Go home now and take a nap so that at seven I'm awake? I'm screwed. There's my circadian rhythm is off. That's it. That's that's how we're going to end this interview <laughs> with a brilliant man. Peter, where can people find you? Uh, you can go, uh, just go UCLA Institute of Environment and you'll find me. His bio, which I could also read again. Yeah. You've published mm. studies. People can look you up. But I think more importantly, we've given people some insight to their uh, ecological queries. And, uh, you know, I have to say, say this. That all these questions, I'm sort of remotivated. I'm remotivated to try to make that website. I think that would be great. It, it just it just takes I'm going to have to get a bunch of students to help me. Well, definitely free labor for sure. <laughs> well, they won't be free, but but they'll some, but they'll do it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, I I started it actually three years ago when I first got here because I recognized the need and and they went off and got great jobs and there was turnover and mm-hmm. but it, I, it really needs to be done. I think a biggest part for people is they don't know where to start. And I cobbled uh, together my own education from Instagram posts. Yeah, and I, you know, the thing was not to be too ambitious and have one site, but you, to your point of just have a site that that has links to the site. Yeah, maybe you you can only do something so, in one department, and then yeah, you can yeah. find that out. Yeah, yeah, it's about empowering people to be able to make the right decisions. Yeah. I also think this is the last thing I'm going to say. The other day, I was saying to my husband, I want to do so many environmentally friendly things to the house. And, you know, we, we have a couple things that we've implemented on our own. I wish there was a consultant that could come over and tell me everything I could do for yeah, a fee. There is. Who is that person? Uh, I know I'm in San Francisco. I don't know who they are. Here. But there, there, there is a business. I mean, That's it's what a, I want. It's a, it's, a, it's a decent business, and there are a ton you could do for a house. I'm not even talking about our, solar panels. No, I'm I talking know, about I little things. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll get some a lot solar. Of, a lot of them. It should, we should have said that. Say it. Well, you're talking about all that diet stuff and those little choices. Fix your house. Mm -hmm. That's enduring. That's not one choice. That that lasts for as long as you own it. And then when you move, somebody else moves into it. Reduce your carbon footprint. Don't have your power on in like the middle of the afternoon. I know it's hot. Reduce it by a few degrees. Don't be the asshole that takes a two-hour long shower. Girls, you don't need a bath. I take a bath (laughs) if I'm really sick or I'm really aching. But like self-care, come on. A bath is a treat. A bath is a treat. You shouldn't take one every day, you big hog. Bonus snippet. I was just saying to Peter, you know, so many of the questions uh, from these fans are questions that I would ask, and a lot of them revolve around plastic because we all have the same questions because we're all so in the dark. And so I did my best to sort of comb through these so I wasn't asking you the same question in different forms about plastic. And you said— And I said, you know, plastic's a, a, a deal, but the biggest problem in the ocean for pollution is human sewage. Human sewage being dumped raw under the ocean. That is the biggest problem facing oh. fish, coral reefs, our own health. But you don't see it. When Los Angeles dumps out, you don't see it, but you see the plastic. Where do they dump it? Hmm? it it's, it's when you get the heavy rainstorms and the sewage gets mixed with the rainwater. Oh, you were talking about that earlier. Yeah. Those are your turds killing everything, folks. Yeah. So eat less, have less turds. Yeah. And and countries all around the world. I mean, human sewage. Isn't that pathetic? It's pathetic. It's disgusting. I was in a hotel recently. I'm not going to say one. And it reeked of human sewage. In Indonesia? No. It was in, it was in America. Okay. I can't say it. I'll never, I'll never be invited back. But <laughs> it's definitely a problem. Yeah. And just so you know. So the plastic thing, of course, is terrible. But, but, but don't forget the human sewage. Don't forget. That's the name of the uh, episode. Don't (laughs) Don't forget the human sewage. Peter Kareva from UCLA, thank you for coming and gracing our studio with all of your knowledge and all of your information. Are you on Instagram? No. Probably don't want people bothering you on Instagram. Reduce that carbon footprint. (laughs) All right, you guys. 
and there's your education. Your Space Coast vacation is preparing for liftoff. Start counting down now. 10, 9, 8, 7, it's time for a beach vacay that feels like heaven. 6, 5, 4, come explore Melbourne and the beaches. 3, 2, 1, it's time for some rocket-filled fun. Count down to your best beach vacation ever on Florida's Space Coast. Launch your planning now at visitspacecoast.com. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.